I come from a simpler time. Sometimes I sit back and I think about the fact that I come from an era that was not as reliant on technology. My formative years, they took place in a world where nobody knew who was trying to call them on the phone unless they checked their answer machine um, or what the weather caller ID, I guess, uh, calling your friend just before you left the house to confirm a date and then getting in your car and making your way to the you know, destination without the aid of the GPS was something that you just had to do. And there was no, I'm, you know, five minutes away from the destination text to send to somebody. You just trusted that that person was gonna honor the agreement that you made and show up and be there. And that all just seems like it was another lifetime now. It's hard enough keeping up with all this new technology as it is, especially if you're a little bit older. But now we have something called NFTs. What are NFTs? It's complex and it's simple to explain. If you know a little bit about crypto already, um, it's a little bit easier to understand. Here's the easy part. NFT stands for non-fungible token. Don't be alarmed. I never heard the word fungible prior to this context either, but I found out that it's just a fancy way to say replaceable. So an NFT is a token that is irreplaceable, so non-fungible, right? But aren't NFTs just a bunch of goofy pictures, cartoon apes, and digital, you know, crappy digital art that somehow sells for thousands and millions of dollars? Yeah, kinda. But the question then is like, how and why is this stuff even valuable in the first place? Who's willing to spend this kind of money on this, something that doesn't really seem that significant? So that leads us into the complex part of understanding NFTs and figuring out why they're, you know, um, they're indefinite, they, how their definition kind of undersells a little bit of what's kind of going on or the start of what's going on um, right now in this day and age. So there's there's two short bullet points that I'd say are foundational to this topic and will kind of get people on the fast track to understanding what what the fuck I'm even talking about. So the first thing is cryptocurrency. I already briefly mentioned that a bit. And the second is the blockchain. So let's get into that a little bit. All right. So cryptocurrency, this is the first part uh, one of two bullet points that we're going to talk about to understand what NFTs are. Cryptocurrency. It's a digital currency that is decentralized and it isn't tied to any particular government, country, religion, constitution, or whatever. At least that's what they say. It's, it's unlike the US dollar in that way. And a very popular cryptocurrency that functions this way is Bitcoin. You probably heard about it. I've used Bitcoin before and other cryptos, and here's how it works for most people. It's not very, very hard to do. So first you would download a crypto wallet like Coinbase or Crypto.com. You most likely already have a bank account. So now you just link that bank account or the debit card associated with that account to this app. Then you add money to your crypto wallet by purchasing, uh, for example, $100 worth of Bitcoin or Dogecoin to the moon, baby. Uh, so Bitcoin is not like $1 equals one Bitcoin. 
and this is the thing that was a little confusing to me at first the price and value of every crypto changes and fluctuates throughout the day it goes up and it goes down it's like the stock market so one bitcoin at the time that i was like putting all this information together was currently like was priced around forty nine thousand dollars for one bitcoin so if my math is right and it's probably not our $100 would get us about 0.002 Bitcoin. And yes, you can buy fractions of Bitcoin too. So again, that doesn't really answer the question, what is even giving crypto value? Yeah, you're you're using the your money to buy crypto, but what's the point of it all in the first place? Why would some, if you can just use your debit card to pay for something electronically, why wouldn't you just do that? Why would you add that extra step in the middle and potentially even lose money while crypto is fluctuating, going up and down? And the short answer to that is rarity adds value to crypto. Okay, that's the thing that we don't have to elaborate on very much because there's only a limited number of Bitcoins ever minted. And that's dependent on also the thing that makes it valuable, which, uh, valuable, which we're going to talk about, and that is the blockchain. U.S. dollar is a centralized currency, meaning that it's the opposite of a crypto. The dollar is controlled by one central entity, like the, the, the central bank, the Federal Reserve, right? They kind of are in charge of how dollars are distributed or not distributed. And we take loans from the central bank to make U.S. dollars. Gold was too hard to carry around for spending as we started to develop and become like a consumer culture, right? So some people thought, how can we make spending money easier now that people are, are spending money? That's when we started using paper notes. The money itself is not valuable, but you, if you look at a dollar, there, there should be some text on it somewhere that says, quote, Federal Reserve Note. And this means that the paper the paper money that we created initially was a piece of paper that so as the gold supply gets smaller meanwhile you know the populations are getting higher people are reproducing and also technology continues to change like it always has and we kind of we kind of silently let the gold standard die gold really isn't that valuable to the average consumer it doesn't really do anything like uh the miracle of using your card at the gas station like for example we don't realize like what happens like you stick your card in to the little gas pump or whatever and then you punch in the pin and for a few seconds the screen says something like authorizing transaction and during just those few seconds the gas pump the you know the station that you're at recognizes your card as belonging to like whatever routing number and it sends a message to your bank and it says hey yo we got your your guy here he's trying to buy some some shit your bank replies and says yo this person uh looks like it's good they got money in their account so you can go ahead and let them get some gas and then so and then the little screen says you know lift your handle and select select the fuel grade so all that stuff happens in a few seconds and then afterwards after you pump the gas and the fuel's dispensed it doesn't charge if you got $30 worth of gas it's not going to be like oh this motherfucker got $70 worth of gas where he got $10 worth of gas. There's a electronic record of all this stuff that the bank is automatically holding in place for you. So you know how much you got, how much you're spending, where, etc. 
and uh and even if you don't have like all the electronic stuff that on your phone that system is still kept electronically and then they print it and they send it to your house if you're old and you get a paper bill still so that's an overly long explanation explanation meant to uh, illustrate the value of information and communication and how it's become more valuable than gold to us in the new age it's the reason why if you go into a little bodega corner store uh just to buy like a single pack of gum sometimes they charge you a fee if you want to use a car at least they used to i don't i don't know if that's a thing that's commonplace anymore but you you pay that fee you know it seems like bullshit like oh they just trying to get a couple extra dollars but really what they're paying for is the processing power of the transaction that you're 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 making because it costs more than the pack of gum so computers and bank data centers all over the world they run day and night in order to keep our financial system running this transactional record of the world is pretty much private right rich guys like jeff bezos and his company amazon they pay little to no taxes because of all these um these shady yet legal financial loopholes right and basically rich people they can the way they do this is they move all their money and assets to dead entities like corporations like you make up a shell company a made up business or an LL, like a corporation or an llc and you put all your money your assets there and you're like i don't got no money it's all owned by this other thing who's you know uh has nothing to do with jeff bezos meanwhile they're buying yachts and they're having sexy fucking coke parties and this is because the transactional record um well it's not because the transactional records aren't public but i'm sure that if there was a public ledger of someone's spending activity if that was the only way to spend um it'd probably be a little more pressure for people to pay their taxes because everybody would see what the fuck they were doing the blockchain is not really just about seeing everybody's transactions though the thing is the blockchain is is the thing that makes crypto decentralized the blockchain is a group uh or groups and networks of computers all over the world and they're running day and night to process the transactions of crypto users so if uh james bought a piece of pie from a bakery for 0.00000000008 bitcoin at 3:15 p.m. on friday this transaction will become a part of a public record that anybody can see and this adds transparency to currency cryptocurrency spending one drawback is that it takes lots of computing power so you got all these chains uh and networks of computers that i talked about these computers can be public or private computers and they it's like uh for instance i got a computer in front of me i can mine crypto with it and when you mine crypto it's not like you got to swing some sort of digital hammer at something to to get the bitcoin out no you uh your computer maybe you'll play a little game or something but as that game runs it's keeping your computer screen awake and it's using your processor to process all these transactions people buying pies at bakeries and and buying whatever the hell they're buying on the internet trading selling things um and often you get a little kickback from this too and helps you build your own crypto wallet and this is why graphics cards for computers are very hard to find and very very uh expensive compared to what they used to be if you do find one and people have been purchasing these for the sole purpose of becoming part of the millions of people working together to keep crypto running and this is called 
mining, ironically, since it is the new gold after all. So did I make all that clear before I move on? I just want to like clear up the blockchain. The blockchain is out of all the mumbo jumbo I said about gas station pumps and all this shit. All you got to know is that the blockchain is what it sounds like. It's a chain of computers running day and night private or public this can be in homes this can be in businesses this can be in places specifically meant to house computers and do exactly what i'm talking about mining crypto but it's it's networks of computers that work together to process transactions that happen uh and and it's not specific to uh, any one routing number like they're the blockchain indiscriminately processes transactions so if i used a crypto card at the bank uh, or at the at the gas pump instead of a chase bank card or huntington you put the bank card in and instead of it uh routing to your bank it immediately gets picked up on the blockchain and someone's computer processes the transaction okay now we can move on to some other stuff take everything i just said about crypto processing transactions the blockchain and forget all that shit uh no i'm just kidding no uh so you bring in the aspect of entertainment now not just spending money but valuable items themselves so there's a shit ton of content on the internet and i remember when funny videos on youtube were just funny videos now it's business, TikTok and all the other video platforms. So your favorite content creators, that's visual artists, podcasters, athletes and more, they're all very valuable to advertisers. Advertisers that are inevitably going to be able to sell their their own content via something that resembles NFTs. Advertisers used to have to only use TV print or radio to get the word out there about their products or services and now with the internet and social media advertisers they actually have much better access to their core audiences than ever because think of it this way if anybody follows joe rogan or listens to his podcast it's it's probably because you saw him on fear factor or you were a fan of his stand-up comedy um, or you're interested in his commentary on the UFC with MMA and all that. But because of who Joe Rogan is, he attracts a very particular audience. Like the people watching his content are probably, I'm, I'm guessing on all this, mostly white males between the age of 25 and 47. They like extreme sports like boxing, MMA, and jujitsu. They probably hunt like guns, and they're most likely conservative. This is incredibly potent information for advertisers to have about their core consumer and to know where exactly where they're going to be at at all times almost. So now instead of paying for a bunch of random airtime for commercials on TV that their core demographic may or may not even be watching, now they have a decent idea where to find the people most interested in their products and services. Now they just... Joe Rogan actually has his own audience because of his podcast. He's not a part of a big TV network. He has fans and they all go to his Instagram page and his website and advertisers can find them all neatly right there in those places. And they know they, they'll pay Joe a lot of money to talk about their shit because millions of people are listening to him. So 
people who make popular content like TikToks and memes can now sell products better than the radio and TV. But what happens when the creator's work gets posted by somebody else and those precious views that could become advertising money is going somewhere else. Like if I share a famous video and nobody knows that I didn't make it, they just assume that I make it and they like all my shit and it's taking streams and views away from the people who made it. This is kind of where NFTs come in. So NFTs, we talked about non-fungible tokens, irreplaceable tokens, with the principles of scarcity and supply versus demand applied to it. You know, like capitalism, essentially. Charlie bit me video. This is a real life example. You remember that like little YouTube video that was kind of popular? I never really cared for it, but it was just some kid getting bitten on the finger by his little baby brother. And he's got this little British accent. He's like, oh, Charlie bit me. And for some reason, people thought that shit was hilarious. Well, recently it was minted as an NFT and removed from YouTube and other sources um, because it was sold for $760,999. And yes, that translates, that's money. That's real money. Troy Lanes, he's a rapper. Maybe you heard of him. Uh, he recently demonstrated kind of how this is going to change the music industry because he sold out of all $1 million of his digital uh, album. He had a digital copies of his album, a million of them available for download. $1 a piece sold out of all of them in like an hour. So I think that um, artists are not really going to have to sign exploitative contracts in order to gain exposure and payment for their art so they can sell directly to their fans. So do you understand what I'm saying? NFTs is just taking things that we already use and exist and selling them on the internet like for money instead of for free. A perfect example of this is buying like DLC, like skins for like characters and video games. Like it's digital content that someone has to make up, but people like it because the sense of it being unique. If you can download like an outfit or something for a COD character um, that nobody else has, it's it, that's a non-fungible token. It, there's only a certain amount of them or you can only download them at a certain time and only a few people have them. That creates rarity and value. And that's what we're starting to do with actual items that we kind of consume all the time entertainment songs uh videos memes pictures okay so that's nfts let's talk a little bit more Now, everyday people are encouraged to jump on this NFT train before it's too late. It's your chance to make big money. That's what people are saying. And before you jump on the bandwagon, you may want to pump the brakes a little bit because here's a couple things that you might want to know first. One thing that you won't see advertised is that NFTs, just like anything else, is kind of a favorites game. Artists that make it big with NFTs tend to be creators who had already established and have pretty large fan bases. Like I'm sure there's your rare case of somebody who's a nobody on social media getting lucky, but that's doesn't seem to be very likely. You also have to pay something called gas fees. 
And it's a cost that you have to pay in order to list your NFTs on the Ethereum market. This isn't when you just get a sale. Like it's if you want to just post your work. When I got curious myself, shit would have cost like $270. And then there, after that, there was still a couple other like $20 to $30 fees that I had to pay. And it seems like kind of a lot to put in without knowing for sure that you're actually going to be able to get a return but you know no risk no reward i understand that i just didn't want to take the risk at the time so just to know if you're thinking of even trading nfts in the same manner that one would trade stocks and you're not even trying to put your own personal artwork out there just know it's an investment there's there's still no guarantee that you're going to turn a profit um because if you're trying to sell some stuff you know unless someone already created something cool that appreciates in value if you're not verified or a notable figure or have a large following you're probably gonna have a hard time getting noticed and i don't say any of this to deter anybody from uh, trying to capitalize off of this whole thing that's going on right now but just know that there's no such thing as easy money to most people no matter where you go and though this thing is all very new and shiny and a lot of people don't know about it yet it's still going to require like some work to become successful at it so all right So there's all this like, you know, like this this idea that we're moving into like a paperless or digital age. It, there's supposed to be like this whole thing of like, well, it's good for the environment. It's awesome for the environment. Um, and that's something that people assume about crypto and NFTs, that this is also part of this good for the environment movement. And it's better than traditional money systems because there's no more gas powered trucks like transporting bags of dirty paper from one bank to another and potentially no more physical banks that eat up electricity and other resources actually nfts seem to pose a greater threat to the environment than what we're doing already nft mining takes lots of computing power aka electricity so now instead of a few financial institutions running large servers to resolve transactions there could be possibly millions of home computers running 24 7 all around the world so you know and maybe even multiple machines at different homes you know like i got three computers you got three computers and they're all running so this burns up tons of fossil fuel and it's a, a it's terrible for the environment so yeah let's let's uh move on to my favorite part I guess after being all depressing all the shit that I've been talking about this entire little mini episode it reminds me of the movie Ready Player One have you seen it? If you haven't, check it out. It's pretty interesting. If you're listening to this episode you'll definitely be interested in it uh, it's 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 so uh, it, much in it's so much in alignment with the things that are going on right now. So in the story, we see a world where nobody has a reason to like leave their home. It, this story actually, oddly enough, takes place in Columbus, Ohio, where I, I live and am recording this right now. But except the city's like in shambles, like people are living in shanty towns. Mostly everybody is poverty stricken. The only thing anyone really has to look forward to is just making enough money to buy upgrades and expansions for these 
uh, their virtual reality lives that they have inside these games, which are pretty much like their real lives. And, and living in the VR world is really the only means of escaping this like bleak future that they have that they live in. So in this VR world, items can be purchased like in real life to uh, like with real money in the game or you can win money. But basically, you can purchase items to help you win these games, which translate to wealth in real life. Like and we're kind of seeing that now there are cryptocurrency games. Uh, one of them is the sandbox. And I see people that have made uh, a little a speedboat. It looks like a Lego speedboat that I guess you can buy in real life and then have your character use it in the game. And this speedboat costs five Ethereum. And that translates to just over 19,000 US dollars for a toy speedboat. You know what I'm saying? Like for a video game. So it's really weird to see... Uh, I'm not so scared of technology in the sense that VR and all this stuff scares me, but in this context with adding currency and digital money to it, um, if we all look at Ready Player One, they weren't living a great time. It was kind of a dystopia. The financial system looks like it's about to collapse and the powers that be, they're implementing this. It looks like it is kind of like a controlled collapse happening right now. They like They know that we're about to enter this new era you know, where artificial intelligence is like, it drastically reduces the need for human labor and then food transport, you know, not food transport, but food, transportation, construction, you know, medical industries, delivery, all these industries are going to be completely transformed by artificial intelligence. And even if you have a job, like who can afford to buy anything, money's going to start to deteriorate in value you know bank shut down stop printing money it's too cumbersome to transport heaps of it around anymore from one bank to another because gas is going to be so expensive and it's you know far too disgusting so then the government eventually says you know what andrew yang he might have been right we can't expect people to go back to work we need we need to pay everyone a monthly government stipend so that they don't have to work but what you can do is you can download vr movies and be a part of your be a part of your favorite films instead of having a job you become part of the blockchain maybe you just get a device that fucking cranks numbers all day and that's how you make money since banks are shut down we do still need computing power to process the transactions of the people that still do have money to spend and all of us are going to be inevitably using some sort of credit system based off crypto so why not that'll be our new jobs other than you know no offices just you know watch your computer all day so uh i feel like this a world like this has the potential to you know create new social classes those with superior computing power will be able to mine more crypto thus gain more money do you think this future is you know a reality what do you think all i know is that it's fun to think about i would like to know what you all think though uh do you like this as a new way of using money outside of all the uh, post-apocalyptic or not post-apocalyptic uh dystopian foreshadowing that i've added to it do you would you use bitcoin have you used it do you use crypto do you know what it is do you know anything about nfts have you sold any you got any miracle stories about it i want to know what you think hit me up via email at dean at deanxmartian.com or you can visit deanxmartian.com and go to the contact page and there you can fill out the form and it'll come right to my email
Uh, oh yeah, also I made a few NFTs, so if you want to see what they look like, you can go to dnxmartian.com or martianartsllc.com and there should be, I think there's a link there now that says a page that's, that's called NFTs. And if you click one of the pictures, it'll take you to like OpenSea and you can like look at it and heart it and stuff like that. So uh, none of them are really for sale yet, but if you, know, you want to check them out, they're there. All right. That was the first mini episode. All right. Bye.